Hello, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Dr. Mark White, and today I will be discussing some of my thoughts about the transition period for physical therapists from new graduate status to independent practitioner. It is framed by this simple question. Are new graduates ready for independent practice? And it comes with a rule. But more about that in a moment. Discussions I have had with former faculty and other colleagues shortly after I graduated years ago suggested that once new graduates are licensed and begin full-time clinical practice, it takes about one and a half to three years to become truly independent practitioners, but five years or more to be truly autonomous. Some never achieve autonomy. The difference here is independence means you don't have to run to outside resources to learn how to treat a problem. Most likely, you've already done that by collecting certifications in manual therapy, strength and conditioning, McKinsey, dry needling, myofascial release, craniosacral therapy, somato-emotional release therapy, visceral mobilization, therapeutic touch, crystal healing, copper bracelets, magnet therapy, primal screaming, chakra realignment, and so on. Granted, I'm being facetious to some degree with certain items on this list and probably more than you realize. Note, too, that this practical how-to regarding delivery of treatment programs occurs outside of academically controlled conditions of the university setting and PT school. Autonomy means you have used various techniques long enough to begin to refine your understanding of their utility and prune away from your list those things that are garbage, or, if not outright garbage, demonstrate low clinical utility. And herein lies the key difference. With experience coupled with paying attention, you are able, as an autonomous practitioner, to discriminate clearly between what is helpful and what is not. This allows you to devise new clinical treatment pathways with greater success. Mere independence represents exploration of options and their application. Autonomy means critical assessment of results. Beyond autonomy lies expert practice. Its key characteristic is a willingness to not only critically self-examine beliefs and practices, but to change beliefs and practices in order to improve what it is that you do. This talk today will focus on only new graduates and independent practice. Discussions I have had with new graduates paint a slightly different picture than that posited by seasoned faculty. New graduates mostly realize that they are insufficiently prepared for independent practice. They have little understanding of treatment design. Worse, they have little understanding of what drives treatment decisions. They are generally confident in making a diagnosis. However, they are aware that the clinical decision-making rationale is not taught, or at least not taught well, in most settings, with a few rare exceptions. And this period of uncertainty after graduation is unnecessarily prolonged while newly minted PTs mature in their understanding of what to do. It is this uncertainty that drives them to seek applied knowledge outside of academia precisely because it does not effectively exist within the universities. Remember, only 5-7% to of academic faculty have any meaningful practice experience. Where do you then go as a new graduate to seek helpful experience? 
For most, that means seeking out educational providers who specialize in a treatment technique, such as McKinsey, manual therapy, dry needling, and so on. Or, some, fewer it seems, dive into the scientific literature and mine for what little treatment gold is to be found there. Rarer still is the scientifically-minded practitioner who engages in a science-based methodology. This is where expert practitioners dwell. So, for new graduates who need to be independent as soon as possible, how do we get there? Academicians rule out teaching treatment because they don't have time in their already full curriculum to add another course, even if it is about treatment. And what treatment or treatments would they focus on exactly? Would it simply be an overview? And what would they remove to make room for such a course? Treatment is complicated. A cynic might say this is precisely why it is not a major focus in most academic programs. Sure, you may learn about some treatment techniques, but not nearly so much about them as when they are indicated or contraindicated. And here I am only addressing outpatient orthopedics. This doesn't begin to address neurological rehab, pediatrics, wound care, or any other subdomain of specialized knowledge within the field. At this point, talk usually turns to a residency model. There are objections to this. It could add to program cost, duration, and weaken the cost-benefit ratio of pursuing this profession. Yet the problem remains. Is there a single approach that could effectively shorten the transition period? Yes. That is to teach PT students to not just be an evidence-based practitioner, but a scientifically-minded one as well. After all, evidence isn't everything because we do not have evidence for everything. However, we can use our knowledge and experience to inform our rationale. This is where the 50-50 rule comes into play. It is a tool to self-assess your own effectiveness as a new graduate. So, how does it work? Very simply, the 50-50 rule requires critically examining your own practice as bluntly and realistically as possible. For outpatient orthopedics, you should expect to achieve the following. At least 50% of your patients should recover at least 50%. At first glance, that might seem like a low bar. But consider this. If your patient has an acute problem, most are self-limiting, so long as we do not over-treat them with things that inadvertently slow down the recovery process, like trying to exercise them when they are in an acute inflammatory cycle, or recommending over-the-counter medications that interrupt the inflammatory cycle, which needs to occur so that subsequent tissue remodeling can occur as may be necessary. Or needlessly mobilizing a patient's spine that is already mobile enough and instigating or prolonging problematic instability. Other issues abound in addition to these. Besides, the natural history of recovery favors acute problems transitioning to a recovered state or nearly recovered. If the patient is on a good trajectory, we may have little to do other than to dispense advice, monitor their compliance and changes in condition, and keep the recovery going without getting in the way. Many of these patients will recover with minimal intervention. 
some will require a little more, but each should be within the limits of the skill set for new graduates. Say, for example, patient has a pain level at initial visit of 8 with activities and a specific function score of 4 for some critical activity, thus a functional deficit of 6. Both are derived from an 11.0 to 10 scale. If the patient improves 50%, this means pain is reduced to 4 and function is increased to 7 because half of their deficit of 6 is 3 and 3 added to the 4 equals 7. These are huge changes. A two-point change in pain is generally a minimally detectable and or meaningful clinically important improvement. A function score of 1 to 2 is generally also considered the minimum amount of change that can reliably be detected depending on type and location of injury and is meaningful both clinically and to the patient. Furthermore, with use of an appropriately reliable and validated outcome tool, you can further triangulate on recovery. How closely do these scores and others match? Notice that this does not say anything about timeframes. While timeframes are highly variable and for many reasons, it is also generically true that most problems in this realm will improve to near normal or normal in trends of two to three weeks, six to eight weeks, or 10 to 12 weeks. This stratification occurs at timeline-like inflection points as a consequence of the nature of the underlying problem or problems that the patient has and the surrounding issues layered upon that. The particular details of timelines and associated issues are beyond the scope of today's talk. For chronic problems, different strategies are called for, though it certainly includes much of what is practiced for acute problems. The same 50-50 rules apply, by the way, though such changes are more difficult to achieve, and for chronic problems, timelines are far more likely to be much greater. Typical recovery concludes by three months or more. In some cases, this may be a year or longer. Again, this depends upon the nature of the underlying problem or problems and most patients with chronic symptoms have multiple issues, and any other associated factors. If, as a new graduate, you can consistently achieve these kinds of changes, you may be independent. The main takeaways from today's talk are, one, if you're a new graduate, strive to be independent with practice. As a professional physical therapist in the U.S., you have a doctoral level education a terminal degree that prepares you for much, but not everything. No education can ever prepare you for everything. That's just reality. But it does give you foundational tools needed to be successful, if you use them. Two, continue to grow. Be curious. Seek new knowledge beyond that which you graduated with, and critically examine your beliefs and practices. Many clinicians eventually realize that many examination and treatment practices they were enamored with lose luster over time as their understanding grows. Some of what we think is important may not be, and some of what we think we know may be wrong. The difficulty is in discovering which parts. Integrate what is useful and discard the rest. Three. Apply the 50-50 rule. This can be used as a metric to gauge your progress.
With it, you can learn how effective you are as a beginning clinician. Remember, the 50-50 rule is just a starting point. Drive to do better. It is meant for clinicians only as a signpost signaling where you are on your journey to self-improvement. I'm Dr. Mark White. That concludes our talk for now. Thanks for listening. And, as always, may you and your patients be well. That's all for today.